Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. Welcome. It is Tuesday, September 28th, the 271st day of the calendar year. How was your weekend, Tom? It was, yeah, I worked. Yeah? Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, it was all right. Yeah? Good. Nice, nice. How was yours? It was busy, actually. What'd you do? Uh, Friday night, we went to go see a play. Okay. Called well, After Play. After Play. Down at South Shore Theater Experience in Lindenhurst. And how was that? That was very entertaining. Excellent. It really yes, was. You can't ask for more than that? Nope. And then Saturday, Stephen and I went to our sister-in-law's 50th birthday party. Oh, that's old. Happy birthday, Ro. Happy... Ro? Yes, you know Ro. Ro is 50. Yes. <gasps> She's a beautiful 50. Well, she was a beautiful 48. Yes, she was. Well, the last time I saw her. Yes, anyway. she was. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> wow. And then, what did we do on Sunday? Sunday, we watched the Tony Awards. Oh, yeah. But we'll talk all about the Tony Awards later in our little uh, show here. Uh, we have some good news to report, though. We have good news? Yes. Our, you... our podcast has reached 200 downloads. 200? And how many episodes have we done? We have now, this will be our fifth episode now our fifth episode yep 200 people 200 over 200 people 205 to be exact 205 people have downloaded this this show onto their personal devices yes or listening to it in their cars or whatever but people no, are listening right. to as it as opposed to like just streaming it i guess yeah they're listening to it however they can because i don't download podcasts see i do i download do them. You? yes i do because i put them onto my uh my ipod i guess i still have ipods i have my ipod and uh yeah i put them on there and listen to them i love my fucking ipod Fuck me you. too i have i have three of them for god's sake believe me awesome. i love them i'm proud of them i have the first generation with the video okay so it's this big ass clocky thing is as big as my phone. Oh, right. yeah, I believe it, right? Um, I yeah, believe but it. I, I fucking love my eye. Yeah, me I too. Love that fucking. But anyway, we are now being heard in twenty five states in the United States plus DC. All right, any but any any red states? Uh, yes, actually, there's quite a few states in the South that are listening to us. Really? Yes, quite. I'd probably say the majority Which of ones? states are in the South. Texas, get the fuck Florida, out of here. Virginia. Yeah, we're all over in the South. No, I need Deep South. I need Mississippi, Alabama. Oh, yeah, we haven't gotten those yet, but we're getting close. We're getting close. Tennessee's. Yeah. You know, you want, I'll, I'll take some Georgias. I know, right? But we're, defi Georgia's we're definitely in there without a, a doubt. left to think what I'm talking about. And we're also being heard in Australia. Australia! Brazil. Oh, Canada. Brazil. India. Ireland. South Korea. Ireland makes perfect sense. You're a leprechaun. Spain. And I'm a big doughy Irish. Okay, yep, of course. Spain. Yeah. Do they love Spain. me in Spain? Uh, they obviously love you in Spain. Who would not love you in Spain? Oh, God. What I would do. <laughs> the money I would spend. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, anyway, we're moving on to our first segment of the night, which is, of course, heavy petting. Heavy petting. This we, is the one about the dogs. It's all about the dogs. I learned that. I, I was, yeah, it took me three weeks, but I, I got that. Heavy petting is about the dog. That's funny. That's funny the way you did uh, I'm that. I'm glad you that's, finally caught on that's, to that. That's I, I knew you were so quick-witted. One of you bitches could have explained it to me in the beginning. I thought it was fairly obvious. I, I didn't think it needed explaining. I, I'm just, I, I, I got it. I'm just so. Um, well, I'm very relieved at that. Treading for time. <laughs> Because anyway. I know what's coming, and I don't want to sit through what's coming. I don't want to sit through hearing myself bitch about what I know is coming. Well, what we're talking about today is when good dogs go bad. Oh. 
Has Louis ever been a bad dog? Oh my god. Yes. Louis bad. He's probably being bad right now. Yeah, how is he being bad? He's he, they know the rules. Yes. And they choose to break them. Well, of course. And that's bad. Okay. But is there anything like specific he does? Oh, oh, oh yeah, like like does he chew on the furniture? No, 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 no. What he does what he does to the furniture is he rubs himself up against it. The head collar I have goes around his snout and around behind his ears. So okay. that part of his area is right like by, by his ears and where his jaw meet. Okay. He needs to rub it. Okay. So he rub and when of course when they're wet and they run around and they rub against the furniture and this makes my sister crazy and who could blame her? Because he is this dog that stinkily running around the house with his rubbing all up against the furniture. So yeah, he does that, which is bad. He 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 will in front of me jump up, take the napkin, and run off. In front of me. Okay. And what uh, does he do with it then? Uh, he likes to chew the he, he he just tears them. What do you oh, do with the napkin? He just he just chews them and tears them up. Okay. Pickering did the same thing. Um, does he know he's being bad, or does he think? No, he's no, he knows. No, oh, no, no, he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. Otherwise, why would he run away? But he's, he's, a, he's, he's a repeat offender. Oh, he's he's terrible. He's he's very he's naughty. Do you ever punish him at all? No. Like, no. what do you mean? I don't know. Would you ever like swat him or uh, say bad dog? Oh, I say, oh like my that? god, I say bad. I say no. All if no is the one command. I think that that. that you can control so much behavior with just no. Like, if you catch the... He's been weird out on the leash. Okay. Okay? He's getting... We, we used to have a yard he was led into, and now he's just... He's always on the leash. And he's he's kind of weird on the leash. Like, he growls and becomes this ferocious animal with other dogs. Really? And I, okay. um, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. So I, I made a much shorter leash. And he continues to do that, and he's he's better. I forget how we started this. There was a point here well, about his behavior. About yeah, him, yeah. No, he's bad. That's that's when he. Oh, so when I when I once you see once I see him focus in, uh-huh. I say no. Okay. I catch it as much ahead of time as it, the good news is I know it's coming. So as soon as I see another dog, I look at him and say no. Because <laughs> as soon as you got where he's where he's where he's focused, if you tell him no. And it helps. Yeah. Until it doesn't help. Okay. Okay. But he's a good boy. He's he's just a bratty three year old. Right. Okay. And that's expected. Then, yeah. Right? I am not surprised in a, in, in, any, in any way. Am I surprised by him being a complete little bitch? <laughs> I'm not at all surprised. Thank God he's only thirty pounds. Thank God I saw for this that, right? this TikTok last night about this guy who's got uh, a great Dane who's a little bitch. Really? There's probably hundreds of TikToks and uh, Instagram pages about um, Great Danes who are little bitches because they're little bitches. Okay. But this one was very funny. He, he was very needy. Uh, very funny. I don't well, know. I think I can relate to that with Abigail, but oh. she is a needy bitch. Oh. Well, first of all, she's a rescue dog. So she's going to be needy to begin. You know, she's going to be needy and possessive of, of us, you know, right as away. it is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And especially now as being home so much during the during the pandemic, well, that's right. She's even more so. Like when we when we first got her, uh, she didn't like being left alone at all. <clears throat> and what she would do out of spite would be to turn over our garbage cans. She would even open up the door in the kitchen where we we keep the that that garbage can, pull out the garbage can, and, and I remember, and, and, and I remember uh, 
the lock that you put on it to prevent her from getting in. Right, we put a lock on it eventually, yeah. and whenever we left the house, <laughs> yeah. we would lift the other garbage cans I, up. I was never able to figure and that out. And then she finally stopped doing that after a while. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, they grow right. out of it. But like I said, it's also, I think, because we've been home so much. Oh, I see, yeah. But then we went away to Provincetown. Uh-oh. And so there was only Bryce here. Oh, and what's that bitch do? Well, on the, that Monday, Bryce left early in the morning. He leaves for work early. And then our friend John came here, I guess, around 12 or 1 o'clock to check on Abigail, let her go out and John stuff. Steele. John Steele. I love John Steele. We, everyone loves John everyone Steele. Everyone loves John Steele. That's and true. sometime after that, then, and before Bryce got home later in the afternoon, she decided she had enough, and she not only took out the kitchen garbage can, she opened the door and took out the can. Wait, she figured out that lock? Or you had to well, no, we took the lock off because she had stopped doing this. Okay. But like I said, this well, all this happened. is all your fault. Well, well we, didn't, we didn't think this was going to happen again. Okay. She hadn't done it in so long. Right, okay. But that, that Monday... The day we were coming home from P-Town. She'd been left alone. She'd been left alone. And she had she had enough. So she opened that door somehow. She pulled out the garbage can. She didn't just take the garbage can and just dump it on the kitchen floor. She would grab the garbage and put it into our bedroom. Oh. <laughs> so she left it in our bedroom. Wow. Now, fortunately, now we that's, didn't, that we didn't see any of this. Bryce was home before we got home. That so he like cleaned spite. it all up. That was pure spite, you know? And we didn't really punish her for it. How do you, you know, you punish a dog for something if you, like that, if, you know? If, no, you, gotta, you can't punish a dog for something that was done even five minutes ago. Yeah. You can't. You've no. got to be right now. It's, you got to catch them in that moment right now. Right. Or it doesn't make any difference to them. Because they don't, I mean, they, they literally don't know. No, they really don't. And that really, that was an exception to the rule with her. She rarely, that's the first time in... God knows how long that she's actually done something. Well, like you that. would do because I'm I'm still amazed at the fact that this mammal, this living creature, this this <laughs> this uh, other species, adapts to being taken from their parents and and forced to live with another species as a subservient. Uh, the whole thing amazes me. Yes, it amazes the shit out of me. Um, uh, so I always think, well, maybe it's just a dog thing. Maybe you, you know. Well, that's going on to the next thing about getting along with other dogs. Oh. She does not like other dogs at all. See, he was always so good. Then he had to be on the leash. And when we come across other dogs, he becomes this snarling jungle beast. So I'm thinking, I know that some dogs we don't work well on the leash, especially around other dogs. Right. And in an instance where there's a confrontation, you should not hold your dog on a leash. You should drop the leash, yeah, and which still puts your dog as a, at a disadvantage. Because, but you have to drop the leash and let him dog. You have to let them dog it out, right? They, you can't. Um, well, what's so funny it's is like weird. He's our good. next door neighbor's dog, this beautiful Labrador. Is that cinnamon? Uh, no, Lucky. Okay, I don't know if I'm lucky. Beautiful Labrador, and when Abigail's out back with her, and they're out there at the fence between them and stuff, and they're running up and down and barking at each other. But I'll take her for a walk down the street. And the neighbor will be out walking lucky, and she's cowering. I think it's cowering. Maybe because of the size. Also because Lucky looks like the dog that bit Abigail a couple of years ago. I don't think so. I I, I think that may have something to do with it. Maybe. 
But even with other dogs, though, she just constantly barks and growls at other dogs. Uh, well, she's always. A, she's always been a bitch. Yep, she always is. Uh, I think a lot of it's to do with her being a rescue dog and being very protective of us. Yeah, it's also, I think, the breed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, like I said, you never had a problem with them, like, destroying furniture? Because I, no. I always hear, like, no. supposed stories of peep dogs doing that. Oh, and I've had dogs that have done that. Really? But, but this one, and Pickering, actually, um, maybe a shoe each dog. Okay. Louie went through, Louie went through my favorite pair of shoes ever. Uh, one shoe, and he only put a little hole in it. What he does is he 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 wants my socks, my t-shirts, my underwear. Okay. Uh, that he 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 goes through a lot of shit like that. You know, and that's my fault. It's accessible to him. Right. But uh, am I gonna live my whole? Uh, <laughs> hello, Abigail. Come here. Come well, on. that's about all we have on when good dogs go bad. So good this will be the end of that bad. segment. That we now bad. move on to your favorite segment, Thomas. What segment is? This. Today's birthday! Oh, Abigail. And you'll be very happy to know that I only have one birthday on this list today. Oh, I thought there was only one worth mentioning on the whole I'm list of birthdays. Sad. I mean, there were um, other minor people in that the, I could have brought in up. The, in the entirety of hum- recorded births in humanity, there was only one. I thought this one for today was the only one worth mentioning. What's today's date? September, 20, September 28th. Yep, September 28th. Yep. Okay, so wait, hold on. September 28th. This person was born in 1901. Oh, Jesus. And died in 1974. They were their creator and host in 1948 of a TV variety show called Toast of the Town. Toast of the Town. I've heard of that. It changed its name in 1959, named after the host of the show. And the show ran until 1971. I believe on Sunday nights it ran. Oh, you say one of Sullivan? I forget about Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Right, the Ed Sullivan show. Ed Sullivan. I was in that musical and had to sing that number. Bye yeah. Bye Birdie. Yeah, me too. Right? Great number. Well, yeah, they made me stand right above the piano player, the chorus teacher, and there was an orchestra, right? And I was the worst. And I'm still the worst singer. And I, they, they block it so that I was able to stand above... Uh, Shirley Muzzy, who was the chorus teacher, and she was playing the upright piano in the pit. And I stood above her, and she pounded my, like, it, she used a foot and her elbows and pounded out my part oh so that I could God. hear it and sing it. And if I couldn't hear it and sing it, I could drop out, and the part would still be part of the mix. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I know that song. <laughs> I know that song. Well, today is his birthday. His birthday. Yes. Ed Sullivan. The man, he had, his show, I would say, was part of the, the first must-see television show what, what, on what, Sunday nights. Well, how did he start out? What was his... That was basically how he got started. He got started, I think, in, you know, in early in early TV. He's one of the TV pioneers. Did he, did, like, run microphones? Or, I don't, or he, I don't know. Was he always an on-stage I think it was always an on-stage. He was, you know, he, he was the creator of the show as well. I think he produced other shows as well. Interesting, because, like, what... <laughs> You don't go into show business as a host. Right. So but what he did, became one. What did he do? But he he worked in the industry. Okay. You know? So he's like Conan O'Brien. In a manner. He was like the first. Well, he was even more than that. He was the host of a variety show. You know? His show, basically, I mean, they had regular things like uh, the mouse Topo Gigio. Yeah, 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 that. yeah. And the ventriloquist singer. Right, right, right. Where we get, Sarait, Sarait. The nuns. Yep. They were all regulars. But he was more known... For all the new music acts yes. he put on his show. Yeah, yeah, right. And the most famous ones being 
Elvis Presley, the Beatles, and the Beatles. Yeah. Those are the most famous. He also had on, and they, these are all they all made their t television debuts on his show, and it was scandalous. Well, and so, uh, Elvis Presley, they only uh, they would, would only film show him from, from the, the waist, waist up. up. Um, uh, and you know the Beatles are on there. The Beatles on Ed Sullivan's part were my earliest memories that I can recall. I was was seeing that I was about two years old. Yeah, you know, but I recall seeing that on my parents' TV set. The Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Yep, that was amazing. But also, the Supremes made the debut on there. The Did Animals, really? Creedence Clearwater Revival, wow. the Beach Boys, the, Beach the Jackson Boys. Five. The Jackson Five did not made their TV deb debut on Ed Sullivan. Their TV debut on Ed Sullivan. Yep. What year? I don't know. Stevie Wonder, Janis Joplin, the Rolling Stones, the Mamas and the Papas, the Love and Spoonful, Herman's Hermits, wow. the Doors, and the Doors actually got in a bit of trouble because they were told to change uh, their the, the line of the song of uh, Light My Fire. There's a line there, baby. We could, we, baby, we can't get much higher. Okay. And he was supposed to change it, but he didn't change it. Well, who's Jim? Austin? He got a little trouble for that. Uh, Dion Warwick, the band. Barbara Streisand, and Itzhak Perlman, the violinist. Jim Henson's Muppets made their first TV appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show in 1966. Why? What? If they had not been on television before, what had they been that earned them a spot on The Ed Sullivan Show in everybody's living room in America? They caught Ed Sullivan's eye, and Ed Sullivan put him on his show. That's what he did. He spotted new talent, and he put him on his show. And he also showcased Broadway shows, too. A lot. A well, lot of Broadway a lot. shows. So he, like I said, he really was the first must-see TV back then. Huh, and there were risks. Yeah, there were a lot of risks, definitely. What time was he on? Sunday night. He was on Sunday nights. I forget what time, though. It was usually around 8 o'clock. It was family time. It yeah. was everybody sat down and watched Ed Sullivan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you didn't miss Ed Sullivan, you know? And they would expose the nation to things like, you know, the Russian ballet. Yeah, you got to see classical. You got to see all types of music acts on his show that you would never see anywhere else. And then the Mamas and the Papas. Right? Yeah. He went, he went, he ran the full gamut. Well, that's a real variety show. Yeah. That's a true variety show. I want you, I'm going to talk about that later on. We get into the Tonys, but we'll talk about that more. So that's the only birthday we had on the list today. I think well, that's the only was, one worth mentioning. I, uh, well, yeah, I agree. I mean, right? Sullivan is iconic. Yep. Legendary. Yep. All those things. Definitely. So, happy birthday, Ed. Happy birthday, Ed Sullivan. Good <laughs> we, for you, you bitch. We now move on to This Day in History. Oh, my God. Well, this is a big one. Can't you just take my fingernails off? Well, we can do close to that on this one, especially on this one. In September 28th, 1292, oh. in what is now present-day Belgium, a man known as John, comma, a knife maker, was sentenced to be burned at the stake for having sex with another man. This was the first documented execution for sodomy in Western Europe. 12-something? 1292. 1292. So, so, so give me a sense of the world of 1292 Holland. Like, what's that? Is it like... Is it like... It's considered like, uh, I don't know, the Middle Ages? The Dark Ages? Probably the Middle Ages, I People living in huts? Um, no, it's, no, it's definitely beyond that. You know, it's probably early castle fortifications. Castle fortifications. William the Conqueror had already invaded England. That was in 1066. Okay. So it's probably more medieval, I would say. Uh, okay. So like, like, uh, uh, what's that Monty Python? Mm -hmm. uh, what well, fuck you? Look at me like that. Um, Be more vague. Edit. Go back and edit. <laughs> 
Anyway, another big event happened today on September 28th, 1978. Bigger than that? Yep. Pope John Paul I died only 33 days after being elected Pope. Yeah, they poisoned Due to an apparent myocardial infarction. What does that mean? Basically, like, heart failure. Myocardial. I guess it's a heart attack, whatever. Heart, but basically, it's heart failure. Okay. And this was a, this resulted in the first year of there have been three popes since 1605. And yes, it also brings up one of my favorite conspiracy theories, <clears throat> that he was poisoned. Oh, stuff. they killed that man. Well, I, I read the book about it. They, they point to this Italian Masonic conspiracy called P2, and how they were involved in the whole Banco Ambrosiano scandal back then, okay. and all this. And I don't know anything about that. Basically, that's, they're, they're the ones that they, the book theorizes that this Masonic group, or anti-Masonic or whatever it was, I'm not really sure, that they were the ones behind the Pope uh, doing who, this. Who else has been accused? I don't know. That's the one I know about. you got to figure 33 days in. Yeah. So, he was young. I mean, he was as young as Pope's get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He was definitely on the younger, younger side. side of, he was, of I don't Pope's. think he was in his 70s at that point. No, I don't think so either. I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. I could be just guessing. No, that's always been one of my favorite conspiracy theories is, uh, about who killed the Pope. I would have thought that it <laughs> would have been the guys that were right around him. You know, those, 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 that first, that, that inner guard of probably clergy. Right. Although there must be security, too. Of course. There's, there's got to be security protocols. Um, even in the Vatican, like in his apartment, you think he's got men standing outside his door, the Pope? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about. It'd be cool if it was the Swiss Guard. <laughs> the Swiss Guard the conspiracy Swiss... against the Pope. Oh, oh no! I don't think it was. The Swiss guard. I don't want to. I was I... Like, what would be their motive? No, no, they have no, 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 no. I would. I. I think it's much more one of the one of the guys in the gowns. Yeah, more than yeah. That's that's you know, that's probably one of the other theories. That's yeah. one of them too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it have to be more than one, though. And I, like, and what, oh, yeah. But, well, yeah what, well, because I think they were afraid that he was going to bring the church back more to its roots of not being such a rich, wealthy organization and getting rid of a lot of its assets. I think that's what they were afraid of. I have, You know what? I have never heard that of any pope ever. Like, okay, I am not like Pope Stalker. I don't know. Uh, I find the whole thing fascinating. I have some books on, like, the bad popes. Oh yeah. yeah um, I like things about how the uh, shit. What the two families in Italy that fought over it? The uh, the de Medici's. The de Medici's. Okay. Um, they had the hot sons. I think <laughs> at least in that. Yes, one according series. to the TV miniseries. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. No. It was like <laughs> there were no reliable and... photographs in then. <laughs> no. Who needs photographs? <laughs> that guy's right fucking there. Oh, they're, they're beautiful. God. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on. Also, this day is two national days. Two. I like the national days. Actually, these are well. Actually, the first ridiculous. one is an international day. And it, these are even better. Yep. This one is World Rabies Day. Oh, <laughs> I stepped right into fucking that. It is held on the anniversary of the death of Louis Pasteur, who developed the first rabies vaccine. Hold on. So okay, so Louis Pasteur died on September twenty eighth. Correct. And to honor that. They made, they declared it World Rabies Day. World Rabies yes, Day. Yes, aims to raise awareness about rabies and its effect on humans and animals. Well, well yes, it's bad. Very it's bad a, for it's a, it's a, it's a very, very bad, bad. for everybody, yeah. Right? Um, I'm wondering why they didn't call it Louis Pasteur Day and then 
become use that day because he's, he's maybe they, maybe there's another day it's called Louis Pasteur day. That may be. You never know. Maybe the day of his birth instead of the day of his death. Yeah, could be. That yeah okay All okay. Right. And also today is National Voter Registration Day. I think this is a big one. Damn right. You are you, are, you're, are you registered to vote? Of course I'm registered to vote. Just making sure. So am I. I'm registered to vote. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I will be voting in a new place this year. Well, yeah, okay, I'm registered yeah. to vote. Um, yeah, it's so important. Everybody's got to be registered. And, well, and now more than ever. You know what? Fucking vote. Well, I'm saying now more than ever with all these voter suppression laws being passed throughout the country. But you know why they're, they're able to be passed? Because the people can't vote to vote the people who are passing the laws out like they want. Um, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is horrible. And I mean, just to emphasize how important it is to vote, that recent recall election in California of uh, of Newsom, Governor Newsom. Yeah, right. Right now in California, of course, it has two U.S. senators. One of them is Diane Feinstein. Okay, God bless. She is eighty-eight years old. Oh, jeez. If she were to resign or to die, the governor of the state then has the choice of selecting oh, her replacement, replacement who fills in until the next election. Right, right, right. That's common, though, right? Not that common, that but, the the importance, but, but that's what I mean by the importance of, elect, of, of voting, because if Newsom had lost that recall, let's they say hypo- hypothetically Larry Elder won, and let's say hypothetically, if Diane Feinstein should die or resign, I don't think there's any reason. He would funny. appoint someone An to replace AD. her, right. more than likely a Republican, of course it would which be. would throw off the current balance, balance the in very the U.S. Senate. 50-50 balance right? in the U.S. Senate. You know, so that's why it's important to vote. It's, you, gotta, you know, you gotta vote. You gotta be in it to win it. And and I think that's the foundation of the country. I think that's one of its founding ideals, and I think it should be easy to do. Now, I don't necessarily object to voter ID. Yeah, I don't object. What you then got to do is you got to give everybody ID. Yeah, supply the ID. So give me you, the you ID. Want to require the ID? Supply give the, ID. the ID. Make it easy and accessible send for everyone. Me. Send it to me, and I'll laminate it and put it in my. You know, send it to me. Right. You can send the. You don't know how to find me. AT and T does. Yeah, I see. Yeah, the whole world. You know, there's so many ways now. Please, no, right no, no. now. Give me and, and make it. It's got to be. Although I understand that the 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 the, the uh. Mm, Elections aren't carried out on a federal level. Elections are county events. Yeah, well, they're run by the, on the they're run by the states and the counties. And the yes. county, okay. But I think the federal government needs to give all of its citizens an identification card that is acceptable as as proof well, of I, United States I, citizenship. I'm not sure they are trying to pass. The they are right now. There is legislation in Congress to try to make voting access easier for people. But it's being held up because they require a 60-vote majority to overcome a filibuster. So nothing's going to get done on on, on protecting the elections and the right to vote. And they they turn turn their nose up at the uh, stopgap. Yep, exactly. So, all right, bitches. We now go. We now return to a segment that we haven't that we haven't covered in a couple of episodes. Oh, why is that? Because there wasn't anything newsworthy to report in this one. Okay. But now well, we, we the mark the return of looking into my briefs. Oh. In which we discuss some certain law developments. Oh. Remember a couple of weeks ago Excellent. we talked about the Supreme Court making a decision that extended um, employment discrimination protections to 
uh, LG, basically to all people regardless of orientation or gender identity status? I'm going to say yes, so we can move okay. on. Okay. After that happened, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC, they released this guidance to all the states stating that transgender employees must now be permitted to use bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers that correspond to their gender identity. Transgender employees cannot be prohibited from dressing in a manner that corresponds to their gender identity. And misuse of preferred gender pronouns may be deemed harassment under this guidance. Well, obviously, the Attorney General of Texas wasn't happy about this well, because he announced be. that he is now suing the Biden administration over this guidance. He released a statement saying that this unlawful guidance increases the scope of liabilities for all employers. Under our system, states have the sovereign right to enact their own policies regarding things such as bathroom usage. And this is an extreme federal overreach by the federal government. States should be able to choose protection of privacy for their employers over subjective views of gender. And this illegal guidance puts many women and children at risk. Yeah, that's base. That's it in a nutshell. So what it says is, what, what Texas is saying, no. They're basically saying no. But you're, you're, if no, no, if you, if somebody's going to control the bodies or the bathroom usage, and somebody's going to control, it's going to be me, not you, me. So I'm not going to listen to what you say. But what I'm going to do is this. It's like a hold my beer moment. Well, you yeah. You think you can? You, uh, yeah, the whole transgender. This to me seems more like electric gimmickry more than anything else. I this, after the Supreme Court has already ruled that you know LGBT, LGBT people are protected under discrimination laws, uh, under discrimination laws. Let me ask a question. They're going to lose because uh, you're the lawyer, and this is legal briefs. Yeah. Well, look into my briefs. Well, looking look to, into my briefs. Look into my briefs. Um, uh, the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, if they can like overturn itself. Which it can, but it doesn't happen that often, but we'll see in the near future well, whether that's true. this is what I'm saying, is that isn't there an, an, um, uh, an ideologic extremity now in charge of the court, or running the court, or have more votes in the court, or uh, dominating the court? Yes, but it was this current court, basically, except for Coney Barrett, it was this current court that said that anti-discrimination laws protect also LGBT people. Because it was Gorsuch, one of the conservatives in the conservative majority. He's the one who wrote the opinion on this. He wrote the decision on this. Can you say, like, all right, here's, here's what backfires against the right about how putting these young people who are going to be in for generations and generations, okay? Because these three people that, he, that, that were installed... Right. Are young enough? They're gonna be there for decades. Yes, but they all, they also come from a different place than the seventy year olds. So to, what, I, what I'm trying to say is, gay people to them are not necessarily the the they're, they're more used to gay people. They're more used to having gay, what? How how old is the yes, youngest? Yes, that's one of true. 60? What? How old is the youngest one of them? She's only like she's twenty eight, twenty seven. Well, I'm just not. She's not that young. She's probably in her forties, early forties. Uh, Kavanaugh's probably in his 50s. 
The problem is the old ones right now who are itching to like overturn the gay marriage decision. Exactly. Leo and Thomas. Well, they are itching to turn over those decisions. My point is that the three of them may not be the three new ones. Trump, the the, the Trump trio may not be as effective in in those arguments because they are as old as we are, right? And probably more accustomed to gay people being human than Alito is, right? But I think we'll have a better idea of how far they're going to go with this decision on the Mississippi abortion law. The abortion case. thing does not that's look right going, for no, anybody. No, it doesn't. But that's really going to mark how far they're going to be going to pursue this conservative legal philosophy. Any, uh, uh, I think those women on that court should do what they know is right. I know, but let's move on. Next case now is a First Amendment uh, case. Oh, I love these. In this one, an Indiana school district is being sued um, after a group that supports LGBT students says it's been barred from promoting its meetings. What group is it? Uh, it's a, uh, the group is the Pendleton Heights Gay Straight Alliance. Is it part of the school? Well, that's the thing. The principal only has the authority to decide what student groups are allowed to meet at the school and which ones are deemed to be official. Now, this Gay-Straight Alliance has not been deemed to be official, but it's been given permission to meet on the school grounds. However, it's barred from advertising on school bulletin boards, on the school radio station, and anywhere else on the property, and cannot even fundraise on school property. So basically, the group said, that's totally unfair, it's kind of defeating the purpose of why we're having right, a Gay-Straight right, Alliance. Right, right. What's the point? Uh, so, yeah, so the American Civil Liberties Union filed a lawsuit on their behalf. So that's pending right now. In front of who? Um, I, I, I don't know what court's probably, a, I'm assuming, a court down in Indiana. This happened in Indiana? Yep. And this school district, this particular one, this they came under fire in May when they ordered three teachers to take down rainbow flags from their classroom. We move on now. Um, you remember, of course, the Pulse nightclub massacre, uh, right? My heart. Well, it seems that the um, the victims and the estates of the victims have brought a lawsuit against Twitter and Google and Facebook Uh-oh. under this International Terrorism Act. And, um, of course, those three appealed being brought into this lawsuit. And on this past Monday, a federal appeals court dismissed the lawsuit against them, uh, basically saying that, um, you know, that... They point that they didn't show that this attack was an act of international terrorism. Therefore, you can't sue them under this act. Because there has, there's been no evidence that this was coordinated with any foreign group. This guy just acted on his own. Okay, so I'll tell you what I'm getting from this. This is new information for me. Okay. So, what I'm getting is, mm-hmm. it's bad news because the survivors of the victims aren't getting... Uh, their day in court against this these three enormous companies. Yes, because they're saying that they're the court's basically saying that you have no claim against them under this law. And what was their claim? How did they, What was their claim? What, what did it say? What did that they because that because they're saying that because he became indoctrinated by the information supplied on there um, that they should be held accountable. Uh, okay. All right, so let me ask you a question. Yes. If he had, had instead gone to uh, Middle Country Public Library right, and gotten all the information... Would they have sued to, the library? To do exactly the same right? thing? Would they have sued the library? Exactly. Yes. That's the whole point. So, 
So it was a, it was a it was, it was the lawsuit was never going to work. It would, not under this, no, not I don't, that I, law. I don't know if they've sued them under other laws. I don't know, but I all I've read. I've read well, I hope to keep trying. Case. I'm sure they will. I'm I, sure they'll try the gun manufacturers right? to sue the NRA. Yep. Try any 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 pro gun anything. Yeah. Fucking every just keep trying. Exactly. Shit, they keep trying to overturn the election from a year ago. Eighty. How many lawsuits? I know. A lot. In that, just to, to, to over to the 2020 election, how many lawsuits? Oh, 80 God. something. Well, so many, yeah. So okay. like, something like 60, yeah. I think. Was keep some... going, families. Right? Keep going. What happened in that nightclub was uh, a slaughter. Of course it was. It was a slaughter. Of course it was. Um, yeah, I don't think there's been something that has affected me since uh, uh, Matthew Shepard as much. As this was, uh, I was deeply affected by that. Um, yeah. So I hope they keep going and I hope they find something and I hope I'm they sure get something. Moving on, um, I found this article of interest. I was on a site called Toll Road. I don't know if you've ever I, seen I've it. Stumbled upon it's a good Toll site. Road. It's basically an LGBT news yeah, site yeah, and everything. Yeah. Uh, this article by this Professor Robin Lennon Dash Deering from the University of Memphis. I love names with a dash. Right, he's basically is a professor of social work, and he studied the effects of HIV criminal laws on those arrested. Um, for those of you who are not aware, back in the old days when AIDS was still relatively new, and there was a lot of fear about it because there were no immediate medications for it, and there was a fear of people intentionally being infected with AIDS. So, in 1988, this Presidential Commission on HIV, of course Ronald Reagan's Presidential Commission, recommended that states establish criminal penalties as a way of deterring people with HIV from engaging in behavior likely to transmit the virus. Which means outlaw gay male sex. Right. Actually, yeah. That's, That's what it means. I know. The, you know, the, the, the Ryan White Care Act. I remember Ryan White. The, which was uh, provided like funding for, AIDS, for I, HIV services. Yes, yes. Even that law for a while required that states had to pass laws that would prosecute people for knowingly exposing someone to HIV. Well, they were federally funded, Ryan White. Yeah. But also, well, they ended up repealing that particular provision uh, yeah, as a condition Ryan for White? receiving funds. They repealed that from the Ryan White Act. Okay. But by 1990... 
was eight years in prison. And six of those states place people convicted of an HIV-related crime on a sex offender's uh, registry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically this article is saying that the law has not kept up with the science because AIDS no longer a considered a terminal condition, right. now a chronic manageable condition, and the laws need to be revised to reflect that now, you know? But yeah, unfortunately okay. the people who were most affected by it don't have the political power to initiate that kind of change. Yeah, good for us. Right? <laughs> it's just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, it's so blatant. It's so right in front of you. Like, like, tell me you don't have, tell me you don't have the money. Tell me after 20 years in Afghanistan, you don't have the money to take care of these people. Of course. Or to help these people take care of them fucking stuff. Well, what's really that, funny about all this, it's now, what, 40 years later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you imagine, oh, let's pass laws... For people who intentionally infect people with the COVID virus. Let's do, Let's do that. Uh, could you imagine? Could you imagine? The crossover in my Karen video. But hey, it's okay when you're doing it to gay people yeah, yeah, yeah. and black people gay, black, and drug poor. addicts yeah, 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 and yeah, homeless yeah. people. Then it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. We now move on to our next segment, We Like to Watch. And of course, it's all about the Tony Awards. This, the... Uh, and we'll be talking about both halves of the Tony Awards, the 7 to 9 portion where they actually gave out awards, and then the 9 to 11 portion, which was basically a two-hour commercial for Broadway. Yeah. But we'll get into all of that. Uh, Tommy, did you you only saw the second half, the second portion, correct? I, I am, yes, what I called the peasant version. Okay. Because in order you needed to have a subscription to a Pace to TV Paramount Plus, Plus. To yeah. Paramount Plus. And as I said to you before, I did not pay for Paramount Plus to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. So you weren't going to pay for. I to wasn't watch paying Tony's. for this. First of all, uh, do you want me to start this now? Like, is now the right time, or do you have this all scheduled out? No, no, but, well, we're going to basically, you know, this was basically, the whole thing became a money-making venture for everyone involved. It was, it was, it was You know, CBS was like, oh, we'll get people on our streaming service to watch the actual awards, and then we're going to have this two-hour commercial afterwards for Broadway, and everyone's going to benefit from that. So it was all about money. But, uh, I mean, the, the actual awards portion of the show was really good. It was a bit more looser. Audra McDonald was the host of it. Could you go back for a second, please? To what? I have a grammar award, a grammar police, grammar Nazi flag. What up. about what? More. It was more, more chiller, more calmer, more. What did you say? I don't know what uh, I just said. Okay, we're gonna fuck you. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. It was more, more but calmer. It was, a, it was a better show than the two-hour musical commercial that was what the the back to Broadway segment. Yes. You know, it was it was enjoyable watching these speeches, especially when Danny Burstein won his first Tony for God knows how many nominations. And good good for all things Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Moulin Rouge. Good for you. Yeah. Who? What were the other musical? Uh, it was uh, Jagged Little Pill and Tina. Jack, and who? And Tina, the Tina, Tina Turner musical. Tina, Those Tina. were the three nominees for music Tina, musical. Actually, neither one of those two. And plus, I got to. And I was really happy to see Lois Smith win. For those of you who don't know who Lois Smith is. If you saw the movie Twister, you remember Aunt Meg. Aunt Meg was played by Lois Smith. Oh, Lois. The woman is 90 years old. Oh she is God. the oldest Tony winner. And what did she win for? She won for her, uh, I think, Best Featured Actress in the play The Inheritance. 
Good for her. Is yeah. that that like seven hour? Yeah, it's a seven hour gay epic play that also I won didn't realize best it play. Was gay. I would have thought it was Ibsen. Well, it's based on. It's supposed to be a takeoff on E.M. Foster's book uh, Howard's End, but it's it's, uh, it's situated in New York. Sounds Ibsen-y. I, I don't. I, I haven't seen it and I haven't read it, so I I can't really comment okay. on it and oh. stuff. But um, where else we got? Um, well, I don't know if, have you heard about these controversies about Jagged Little Pill? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, several members of the cast and, I guess, production have vocally come out against the show for what they are alleging has been physical mistreatment and neglect of its trans actors and actors of, uh, non-conforming gender. Um, I didn't know it was a physical thing. I didn't know they were being physically abused. Well, from what I understand, one of them supposedly wanted to go see, go to a doctor because of an infection of some kind in the nether region, and they were basically told, um, don't worry about it, you keep doing the show or whatever. And that's just 1934. I, I know, right? I know, exactly. This is what, this is what the allegations are. No, wait, now hold on. I'll tell you also, there's a controversy about... The character, I guess, itself in the show, who is a, I guess, a uh, non-conforming uh, gen of non-conforming gender, uh, and there were some issues about that. And from what I heard today, they are now rewriting the script to reflect these uh, suggested changes. I guess no, the 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 problem came with the changes. This is the part that I sort of know. Mm -hmm. The cat, the lead character. It's so hard to talk now because I want to say the lead female character. Right. Is that what I fucking mean? I don't know. The lead female presenting? Does I don't know what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't fucking know what I mean. Okay? I don't know how to say it. Okay. All right. But that character was supposed to have been or had been so far portrayed as a trans. Okay. Okay. So... Now, this girl who's playing this character wins. Right. Okay. I don't know if it was before it first hit Broadway or during the pandemic before it came back to Broadway. Okay. The gender, what? Identity, reality, conformity of this character right. has now been switched. Right. And now it's, I think they call it uh, uh, AFAB, Assigned Female at Birth. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, my, my understanding was that the rest of the cast was objecting to the change and the way the change was made and was taking whatever action. Okay. They I were wasn't. Changing. I didn't know all the details of what the change. I had heard were. nothing about about uh, chorus members being chained in the basement. Well, not yeah, not that uh, extent, you know, but no. yeah, but uh, there you are... know, being denied uh, medical care sounds like a union issue to me. Um, I, 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 that's what I know is that, and I have, I am not, uh, I, I'm too confused to have an opinion. I know, I don't know enough I about it, I you know? I don't, I don't. It's just so a shame it kind of casts a shadow over the, you know, because yeah. they did win some yeah. awards. What's so, the, um, uh, Diablo Cody won for, I think, best book of a musical. Okay, I, I, I would know because and I was then not the actress privileged also. enough. Yeah, I know you do to be exposed. To the actual awards. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Read the awards. Yes. What awards were given out? It was basically all of the awards except Best Musical, Best Play, and Best Revival of Play. 
all the other awards were given out. Director. Yep, everything. Play, director, play musical. Yep. Choreographer. No, no. All those, all during the first two hours. The first two hours. That's yep. what I'm asking. Okay, yep. I want to see how far back it goes. Okay. No, it's all, yeah, all during that two hours. They did so, 26 awards during those two, okay. two hours. So those were the Tonys. Yeah, and then they had the three during the Broadway's Back commercial. Can you explain to me why it happened in September? Because the theaters were opening up. That's why. They timed it with the theaters opening up. So it became basically a commercial decision. I, I would I would see it that way. As a commercial I can, decision. I can't see it any other way. Did you? No. You know? No, I, I can't see I it am, any other way. I am riled about this. I'm really, I'm, <laughs> I'm really, uh, I have my back up about this. Okay. I think this whole thing was, was, it was a, and listen, did it work? How many? How, how, Who knows? How much money did you make? Although less than three million people in America, <laughs> in America, I know watched that's that that seven to nine thing or that nine to whatever yeah. it was. that second like, that second half that second Phoebe half. And you know what? And the thing is, and I the show, wish I hadn't. Well, the second half it seemed to promote more shows that are. No longer on Broadway. First of all, the first 30 minutes... It was all minutes, about nostalgia. The very first 30 minutes of that show featured m music not written for the stage. No. Well, they had David Byrne's American Utopia, right. which won a special award that night. Which was a, the adaptation of an album. Yep, exactly. Or an that's idea. All his, all his or, pop right. music from the, the 80s mu and The music was not written for the stage. And then you had all the other... They did the, uh, the Supremes... The, uh, because uh, they had John Legend performing. They did the whole... Or was it The Temptations? It was The Temptations. Temptations. So, yes. Which was, again, not written for the stage. Right. Uh, the first thing we heard written for the stage, I think, was Jagged Little Pill. No, yeah. that was not written for not the fucking stage. Well, what did you expect in a season where the th only three shows that were nominated are all jukebox musicals, basically? Let me ask you a question. Who won Best Music or Best Writer Music Lyrics? Who oh, wrote Best Score, you best mean. Best Score, uh, thank you. Best Original Score. Original uh, Score. The, the closest I can find I'm is sorry. Best Original Score written for the theater, and that was a Christmas carol music. But that, that's almost all incidental music. I don't see... <laughs> I don't see... Best score. Do you see best writer of a book? <clears throat> best book of a musical. Best revival of play. Best direction. Best direction. Best performance. Best performance. This is missing. This has to be missing awards. This list I have. I have a shitty list. All right. Well, you God also have the, the Google machine. Yes, I know. To edit. So let's count Best up. book of a musical was Jagged Little Pill, Diablo Cody. Okay. Diablo okay. Cody won. Okay. Good for you. Did he win? Yeah, she won. She won. Good for she you, won. girl. Um, moving on, going through the rest of the show. I don't want to move on. Well, we're, there is a lot to cover. Okay. So maybe it becomes its own episode. <laughs> okay? But but here's the thing. What? I want you to carefully, and I want you to take all the time it matters, okay? Because neither one of you... Uh, okay, so look through that list and see if there is a Best Original Score Tony Award given out this year. Or use the Google machine, or... And why Find is out. this do important? The, do the because there probably wasn't one because there was no original score. Uh, and now, here we are, arrived at the flag. Okay. This is what I'm saying. This is my problem, first of all. Here we go. Last time it was 
I was right. A Christmas Carol. Okay, good for you. That was the only one given. All right, so now let's get back to what we were saying before, before I went off on this horrible, uh, uninformed, because I didn't pay for the service. Okay, so uh, they did not do an original score for a musical. They did not have anybody because to Because it, it was all not original music. Okay, now I'm going to take a left turn here. Maybe you'll see why. What is coming up in the next, between now and June? Between what would now be the the the, the regular Tony sort of time frame you, you, when the time frame between when they have to open and the awards right so what is opening now that's original that's new and that what's reopening what's opening off the top of my head I couldn't tell you okay that's bad why that's bad because you spent four hours watching the Tony Awards and you have no idea what's happening of course and, not and did you see go ahead go ahead what, what's next on your agenda okay um. Jennifer Holiday, you only saw the video while we were just sitting there. Right now, I just saw it right right now. Uh, She stole the show. Uh, Hands down, stole the show. I thought the second greatest moment in the show was during the second segment when it was the, uh, what's his name? Um, Now I can't think of his name. uh, Daniel J. Watts. It led the uh, the Broadway Avacy Coalition. First, he did, he did the tap dance. Right, right, And then right. a whole spoken word performance. That, okay. I thought, was another highlight of the show. Why? It was a really powerful, original piece to see on the Tony Awards. It was what? something you don't normally see on the Tony Awards. Is it something, that's where I liked it. Is it something that you normally see on Broadway? No, but maybe that's maybe that's a problem, too. I agree. Maybe it should be on Broadway. I, I'm, I'm, it was, it was basically his poetry that he wrote. Um, and what is his association to Broadway? Well, I, I'm he, sorry. He's involved, he in the, he's involved with the show Freestyle of Love Supreme. Freestyle of Love Supreme. So he knows Lynn and yes, Alex. He does. And my yes, buddy he does. Tommy. <laughs> now, I think it, like, like, I don't know. But he's involved with that. In fact, there's someone else involved Tom, with that. Tommy who, Kale, call me. There was, this, there was this guy, he's an executive producer of the show. His name is Anthony Venezial. He went up and accepted the special award that was given to Freestyle of Love Supreme. It was him and his woman. Okay. And this guy was such a character. I was like, really? who is this guy? So who, so who is he? He's a producer, but he also he's an actor. He specializes in improv. Okay. And he partnered hard. with Lin-Manuel. He's yeah, partnered okay. with other organizations and everything. And he's a... He was even, when they did that finale they did at the Tony Awards, which oh, I, I didn't think know, about that. I, I, was I watched it. He was, in, he was part of that finale. Okay. So I was like, oh, where is it? Why have I never seen this guy before? Okay. He probably, maybe he enjoys producing more than he enjoys acting, but he was really, it was a good presence on the stage. Really was. Um, Moulin Rouge, like you said, it looks like a fun night out. It's... It looks like a fun, that's what it looks like. It's a, it's a spectacle, you know? Yeah. I'm not going there for a Sondheim show. No. It's pure spectacle, no, and, but it looks like a great spectacle. Uh, it does. Right? I, I would agree. Um, did you see Ben Platt sing the uh, duet from Sunday in the Park with George? I, I was horrified. Actually, my response was, I'm sorry, my, my, my response was, uh, Paul Bobola, too, too old for Evan, too young for George. Okay. Like... She's perfect. Right. Adelie, she knows how to deliver. I was almost hoping they'd have Jake sing it with her because he did the he that, that have, recent he version. Have, he was in the building. Why would you? Uh, I know. He was in that awful pink suit too. Who the hell dressed All of those, <laughs> all of those, that, that entire second two hours was cringeworthy. It was embarrassing. Well, it well was to me, one of the. One it of the, was one of the, Oliver holding the cup up. 
Um, please say it was. It was one of the worst moments. Was zero dignity. Was Adam Pascal? Oh, and Anthony Rapp singing um, the song from Rent. Yeah, the, as the my friend team, Richard yeah. Pepinella said, it was like Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin singing selections from Rent. From Rent, right? It's like you have these older guys in tuxedos singing about living in America. It was, and it, it was, was just no, it doesn't work. It doesn't well, work. You know, what they did was the, the idea was to bring back the original singers. Yeah, okay. I mean, they brought back Christine, Kristen and Medina, Audra and Brian, which was fucking which great. Was the only uh, the only thing worth seeing in the entire in the second two <laughs> Actually, hours. and Brian singing uh, the Impossible Dream. No, oh my god, I'm he, sorry. Oh my the god, Impos- it's, great. I, it's a completely inappropriate song to sing, in my opinion, for that moment. Well, he sang it. There was the Immemorium, right? Yes. Now that that that. Um, uh, scrim mm-hmm. with the names, right? Okay, that was sensational. It was, it was poorly treated. What I wanted to point out was, if this had been an ordinary year, would these three musicals have been nominated for best musical? See, you led me right there. Right, that was my point. Why not? Why not wait until June? Because you're talking about. Two pretty much half seasons, right? Because that whole like twenty twenty season was is gone. It's lost. It's, it's it I didn't, know it didn't happen. So you got these couple of shows that came right up to that moment, okay? And now you have these couple of shows that are coming back right after yeah. that. So why not wait until June and do a Tony Awards like you've never seen before instead of this sad, this hybrid, pathetic thing? It was it was sad. It, it was, was sad. It was not what it should have been. It, um, it was not what it, I mean, it, uh, I, I feel bad for, uh, what's his name, Aaron Dwight, who was the only nominee for Best Leading uh, Actor in a, in, musical. in a Musical. He was the only nominee. There was. It's like, do you really want to win under those kind of circumstances? Is there always going to be an asterisk next to your win now because of... Who played Ike? For fuck's sake. I think that was... Daniel J. Watts, the gentleman who led the the spoken word piece. I think that he played. I think he may play. I'm not sure. I don't know. I really don't. I'm guessing right now. I mean, I remember once it opened, there was no. Uh, Aaron Tobit was one of those. Humans. I saw him in Next to Normal. Yeah, he's great. He's great. No, he's great. He deserves a Tony. Award. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not denying that. What I'm saying is, when we went into pandemic, and it had opened recently, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there was the talk was. That he was a shoo-in, at least for the nomination. Yeah, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. So yes, I, I believe he's a, he's fantastically talented, yeah. and and I believe he won the award. I think they do him a disservice. I think they do themselves a disservice. A disservice. Um, it, it to not have waited until June and done what you could call anything, but it would be more like a real Tony Awards with. It was it was just sad. They were beautiful yeah, moments. I agree. Every time Audrey McDonald opens her mouth, uh Nature sings, it it's it's she is she is somehow magical. Everything she does, she was nominated this year for this thing again. Um yeah, so I mean they were they were beautiful. Jennifer Holiday, you give Jennifer Jennifer Holiday the song and an orchestra and however much time well, she needs that to was my, it. The and next four I want the next thing I wanted to bring up was Putting aside the fact that yes, it was that last two hours was a it commercial was, for Broadway. It was horrible. Putting that aside, okay. Looking at it just 
on its artistic merits. There was no artistic merit. Well, there was. I mean, people got to enjoy classic performances from now classic Broadway shows. There were individual performances. Right. What I and my dream after seeing that, especially after now researching Ed Sullivan and his birthday. Right, right, right. My dream would be to see like a, almost like a like a monthly variety show for two hours. You present singers doing either recreations of Broadway scenes, just doing concert medleys of, sh- of songs from shows. I bet that would get 200 downloads just because of the title. <laughs> because quite frankly, two gay men and their two grumpy old gay men and their dogs. Two, two, two grumpy two, old two, gay two men. Two grumpy old gay men and their dogs. That's appealing. Yeah, let me <laughs> Sure. So I love that Let's watch two guys who right? throw dust talk about their dogs. Uh, but yes, I think a, a monthly variety show, they should bring back a Broadway singer. Who should do it? Who should be the host? I don't care. We're going to return. I don't know. Well, a permanent host would be best. That yes. would be best. Who would you make a host? Neil Patrick Harris? That would be an excellent choice. That would be an excellent choice. A most excellent choice. Get on the phone with him about that. You follow him on Twitter, don't you? I Yes, yes. You talk to him about that. I'm a little that. obsessive. We are not concluding our segment of We Like to Watch. We're now moving on to our next segment, Five Faves. Five Faves. And tonight's topic is your five favorite female singers. What do you have against people with... With with like like speech impediment. Five favorite female. Five, uh, five favorite female. Five do you have a problem with alliteration? I sometimes I do. Yes, actually I do. Sometimes I hear myself. That's why I don't want to ever hear myself. That's why I don't listen. Okay. Uh yeah. So yeah, five favorite female singers. I yes. can do that. Yeah. All right. Give me one. Audrey McDonald. Audrey McDonald. Why is she one of your favorites? Uh, there is no. Uh, there the acting the. Um, the tone, the uh, etherealness, the versatility to hear Billie Holiday. Yes, great performance. Um, great performance. If you ever get a chance to look for that, on yeah, HBO, it's, she's she's it's fantastic. She's, she's a beautiful woman with a beautiful voice. She's got beautiful control. She's wonderfully entertaining. Um, I like to follow her on social media. She, you know, she presents very beautifully and. Uh, uh, her voice is to me once in a lifetime. Yeah, I think she's. I think yeah, she's a, one of the best singers. Uh, yeah, yeah, doubt. She's yeah. one of the best. Not just a favorite. She's a, one of the best. Yeah, and it's saying a lot. Yeah. Well, my next choice, um, I think is one of the best also. But she, I, she, I grew up with her as a favorite, Judy Garland. Judy Garland. And I know it's a typical gay cliche, but it, it is in my house. I grew up. With Judy live at Carnegie Hall, okay. played at my house all the time. All the time. It's probably one of the best concert albums you'll ever ever I hear. Agree. It's an amazing album, and she—I'm sorry, her. she was an amazing singer. Yes, she was. Say what you want about her and her history as a singer, she was unparalleled. Yeah, she really was. Yeah, she could perform. Yeah. If she didn't have the widest range or if she didn't, you know, always quite hit the note. She was she knew how to perform. She knew how, how to perform a song, right? She could act a no song. No one performed yeah. a song like her. No. And no. to me to me her best performance of all time is in A Star Is Born, The Man That Got Away. That okay. to me is like uh, such, that to me is like her peak performance. It's I such think. a good song. It's an amazing it's number. It's such a good song. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
Who's a second choice for you? Um, I think the best, the single most impressive voice of the 20th century, okay? Ella Fitzgerald. Ooh, I almost put her on my list. Every, almost put her on my uh, list. Everything, everything about Ella Fitzgerald is, is perfect. Her pitch, her rhythm, her rhythm is impeccable. Um, she's a queen. Oh my God, she's, she's a queen. Yeah, she you is, know. Yeah, she. Uh, um, her pitch, everything. Um, no one was, interpreted a jazz song like her. No, 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 they didn't. You know? She was able to play with the band. Uh, yeah, she, she. I want, I want the Ella Fitzgerald story told everywhere. I don't. I'm ashamed to say I don't know it. No, neither do I. I know she was a dancer before she was a singer. Um, Ella Fitzgerald. But yeah, she's she's a. a She's in like the spectrum. The yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Among yeah. the gods and goddesses. She sits amongst. She sits amongst the gods. Right. She does. Next on my list is unfortunately she's dead also, but recently deceased, Marin Mazzi. Oh, I like Marin. I re- I fell in love with her when I saw Ragtime, uh, for the very first time with its original Broadway cast, with her and Brian Stokes Mitchell and Audra McDonald. But she stole the show for me with the song Back to Before. Okay. That she sings when her character is leaving her basically leaving her husband uh to go off with the immigrant type. Right. Uh and it's, the song just always like gives me chills every time she sings it. And I actually saw her again. Uh she took over the role of the of the female lead in, in Next to Normal, okay. which was like a totally different show. And she was so good in that too. And I ended up getting an album of hers that she sings with her husband, uh, Jason Danielli. Jason Danielli. Really good album. Uh, she was just, it was tragic when she died. Yeah, yeah. Really, really what a tragedy. Yeah. And she, she had such gift. a good actress, a good singer. And she seemed like a good person. Yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah, any interview I saw with her, yeah. I think my first, ex- was it Passion? Was she played the pretty girl? Oh, wow. Okay. Steven, was it Marin Massey? It had to. I think it was. Okay. But that beautiful, that hard uh, soprano tone. Sopranos can't be reedy. Yes. Um, she was never reedy. That's it. I think, well, yeah, well, my She's next... got a nice full round next tone. couple of my other singles. Well, yeah, I think one or two of them are altos, actually. <laughs> huh. uh, who's your number three choice? Barbara. Miss Streisand? Miss Streisand. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It would have to be. Barbara. Barbara. Uh, There's no denying. I mean, no. She. How many gay men has Barbara Streisand uh, uh, hoisted through a gay adolescence? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah, she, definitely a good yeah, way of putting was, it. Uh, Barbara's a big deal, right? Yeah, Barbara's a big deal. Uh, I love the voice. Um, you think she was too old for Yentl? <laughs> As they said in the movie, Inside uh, Out. <laughs> No, I don't think she was too old for Yentl, but I do still think that Ben Platt was too old for Evan Hansen. Yes, agreed on that. Okay. Um, was Barbara too old? Yes, she was playing a younger person. Yes, she was too old. She, I'll tell you what, Barbara she was too young for, for Dolly. What I, oh, she was definitely too she young for too Dolly. Young for oh, my God. She was, especially opposite Walter Matthews. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. And from what we hear, they, they did, did not, not get along at all. They did not get along at all. <laughs> Uh, it's a story I, about her and his mother. And it's funny, what I love Barbara in it's a non-singing role, the movie Nuts. With, oh, I Richard, with Nuts. Richard Dreyfus. I liked I liked her in a serious role. That's really good. She's excellent in that. Uh, I liked I liked her as an actress. Yeah, I don't think she gets enough credit as an actress. She doesn't. You know? She really doesn't. 
That would segue well into my next favorite singer. Oh, and who actually? Did we go into my third? No, it's singer? yours. Your, it's your up. Oh, I am up. Yes, my third singer. She's living. Imagine, right? Macy Gray. Macy Gray. It's a voice I like a lot. I love her voice. Yeah. There's something about her voice that just it's it appeals to something inside me that I can't describe. It's just, I bet it's the same way. Uh, what's her name? Your rhythmics. Well, we'll get to her. We'll get to her. Uh, yeah. Don't talk about her yet. We'll get to her. Let's just concentrate on Macy. Yeah, it's a very... It's a, but, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I just... When I discovered I actually went back through her catalog and downloaded everything I could of hers, and I still follow everything she does. I mean, she... Uh, I, I can't say... Oh, my... She... Yeah, yeah, I just love her. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. love her. That's awesome. I can't say enough about her. That's awesome. Who's your next one? Um, uh, Diane Shore. Really? Oh wow! As a yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a choice. wow. That's a well, now obscure choice. Is it obscure? And now it is. She was more popular, I think, back in the nineties. Well, so was I. <laughs> were we all? No, I was. <laughs> oh, were she you? was. Okay. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know each other. In the no, 90s. we didn't. No, we did not. Um. Yeah. So so. Uh, I like your version of New York State of Mind. Yeah, it's a good version. All of all of her, uh, she's she's a she's a jazz singer, and everything she does is uh, very. She's got a huge range. She's got a lot of power behind the voice. Um, she does these really great traditional jazz songs. Traditionally, she has big bands. Sometimes, yeah. One of my albums. One of my. Uh, she does a lot of covers. Um, they all the jazz singers do, but she's her voice to me is special. Okay, there's something that is so tonally rich about her. It I, I respond to it like uh, I don't know physically. Like I, I there's like a I feel yeah. something when I hear her voice. Okay, yeah, yeah. My next one is also living. <laughs> And she's from Ireland. You're not a fan of living people. Tonight, <laughs> right? I am a big fan of them. Yeah, this is... Uh, yeah. Uh, but this one's name, her name is Imelda May. Uh, Imelda May, where is she from? She's from Ireland. Ireland. And she's not popular here really in the States at all, but and which is a shame because she's a phenomenal singer. She first started out doing like rockabilly and like doing a little bit of cabaret and some jazz and stuff. Okay. And then she just found her more contemporary pop rock sound, and I just I just fell in love with her. Okay, she's really really good singer. She does a great version of the Blondie song "Dreaming," accompanied by ukulele. It's just okay. a really beautiful version it, of it. Ukulele is hard to make appealing. Y- yeah, but in this, it's she, like it's like one of those things. The, oh yeah, the bagpipes. Yeah, That's all the really, story. really hard, really hard to get. But she does a great version pipes. of that. But to me, my favorite song by her is this great number called "Johnny's Got a Boom Boom." <clears throat> it's a great number with a heavy bass uh, presence. A boom boom. Johnny called. It's called Johnny Got a Boom Boom. Boom boom. Johnny Got a Boom Boom. Is that about his ass? No, it's not. <laughs> Well, that's too bad. But I recommend listening to the song and checking out. She is still recording and everything. She's I. She started like in the early two thousands. Okay. And uh, who's your last choice? See now, this is rough because there's so many more to include. Well, I do have an honorable. I have one honorable mention, which I'll be named before my last choice. All right. Well, 
Okay. Um, okay. Hold on. Now I have to adjust because <laughs> I wasn't expecting five choices to be six. Oh, so, okay. Uh, all right. So what I want to do here is I want to do that whole uh, Gladys Knight, Tina Turner, that whole black female pop genre, that soul Sunday morning vo uh, voice. I want I want that um, to be the, 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 the one of the is uh, and the pips, Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. I think her, she's got a uh, very original, clear, uh, beautiful sound. Her okay. tone is great, and and she's got a great sense of rhythm. They all had a great sense of rhythm. They have to have a great sense of rhythm, and you can't learn it. So if you can't keep beat, bitches, stop saying it. Because you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you need a sense of rhythm. Is that your final choice now? Is that your honorable? No, that's my th that's my fifth choice. I'm okay. gonna go with Gladys Knight, and I, if I if I could, I would asterisk it with a, a number of different names. Of course. Underneath. Well, that's why I, I do have one honorable mention. It's a uh, a woman who's probably better known for a TV character than she is now as a singer. Okay. Her name is Kenny Lester. Okay. Um, this is just a chance for you to be obscure and impressive. <laughs> I'm not trying to be. Oh, just, I discovered her quite by accident. I was looking for some song, and I came across some other song by her. And I was like, who is this woman? And so who is she? She actually, years ago, you remember the TV series Little House on the Prairie? I remember that it was on. She was she played Hester Sue, uh, Hester Sue Terhune on the show. Okay, I don't mean anything. To I me either. I didn't watch the show. Okay, but that's what she was really known for. And all, all right. of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, this woman's a singer." She's a singer. Uh, yeah. And so I downloaded a collection of hers music and fell in love with her. Another great jazz singer. Awesome. There's yeah. so many. Right. There's are so many. This great, one, I, great it was nice to find one like, oh, I mean, no one knows about this I mean, one. I mean, like, neither one of us talk about Billie Holiday even once. No, but she's like to me. Like I said, she's in the ether. Yeah, you know, there's no. she doesn't have to be named. For my very last one, though, is someone that you already alluded to, and that was Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox. I I love that. Voice I too. love her voice. Yeah, her, it's it's honey. She brings such emotion. I mean, she's known as the, the White Queen of Soul. Anita because Baker. Because Anita Baker has that quality. For yeah. Her too. Yes. That, that that really thick, moving, gorgeous. I mean, anything that she sings, Smooth. it comes with that, 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 that emotion. Yeah. And that's that how she sings. She brings yeah, it. yeah. It's amazing. I think you find that more in deeper voices. More yeah. More lower voices. You, you, you find more emotions. More range. Yeah, more your emotional range. Uh, yeah, trying to hit the top note. Right. Being a soprano. But yeah, to me, I mean, she she's un, unparalleled. Yeah. She really is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. And she's a magnificent human being. She works for so many charities and... Does she? So many different things that she works for. What's yeah. she what does what she look like? What? What she look like? Well, the same as she usually does. She well, has that's, short hair. I mean, that's fucked up because I I don't look the same as when I was listening to Annie Lennox thinking, holy shit, that's what we can say. Would you like to see what she looks like now? Yes. See if I can I find, I'll see I if would, we can I find it. I would like to see. Let's see if we can find a current picture of her in the Wayback Machine. Oh, that's what right. she is. She, yeah, okay. She looks basically the same. Yeah. Just, you know, and she... I her, her, her hair is still short. That's what always attracted me was her whole androgynous look at the very beginning. That's yeah. what really caught me. And then this beautiful voice came. Well, she does. She, she, you know, she didn't have. She didn't all of a sudden become this big fat doughy Irish thing like I did. So I, <laughs> I'm happy for her. She no, she seems been always constantly on the move and. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, got a lot of money. Oh, I'm sure she's doing very yeah, well yeah, for herself, her. right? She should. She, yeah, God mm-hmm. bless her, right? That's good. Uh, so. All right, so now I get my honorable mention. Yeah, oh, you want your honorable mention now? Okay. Yes, I, well, you Who's already had you. Okay, I wasn't sure. That's why I asked her to be my Gladys Knight. No, because this was not. No, that was my fifth choice in representation of that soul. Five that, that okay. soul, yes. Okay, um. Yeah, so now I'd like to represent pop music. That whole that would be Cher, the uh, uh, Madonna, the your Britneys and and your Diana Rosses, and in that where I come, where I land here, my favorite of that group is Janet Jackson. I, okay, as a as my favorite female pop singer is Janet Jackson. That's just I could have fit those fit it all in just that sentence. Fair enough. I think it's a good choice. We'll leave it to the editor. <laughs> yes, we will. And that concludes this segment. We now move on to our final segment. Final? The, yes, the Grumpy Old Gay Men Gripe of the Week. Okay. And do you have one, Thomas? I do. What is it? Paper straws. Paper straws. Paper straws. What is your gripe about paper straws? Fuck you, paper straws. <laughs> Why? Are you, are you why, why, why put a paper straw in a wrapper? Are, oh, you're referring to the straws, the, the actual straws paper that ones that are now on making now. paper. And listen, I care about the tortoises. Okay. Okay? I'm a fan of the tortoises. What do tortoises have to do with paper straws? Because of the plastic straws are not good for the sea life. Right. For evidently the sea life that also shares some land every, every yes. now and again. Okay. okay. So the straws, they, they get caught up in it. It pierces them. Whatever it does, it's okay. not good for the tortoises specifically. Right. I may be wrong. Okay. All right. And I appreciate that. Okay. So now they make paper So straws. now we have paper straws. Right. Which they put in a paper wrapper. Yes. Okay. Do you realize they do that for sanitary reasons? I understand why they're in a paper wrapper. Okay. I don't understand why they made a paper. So anything else about paper straws that you'd care to add? Um, no. No? No, it got me tonight. Okay. You think that you said it all? Yeah. Uh, no. But that's not enough for today. Have you written to any paper straw manufacturers about this? I have not. I will not. <laughs> there is no need. Maybe one of those... Employees of paper straw manufacturers listening to the show right now. Listen, one of the two hundred. I'm just saying, a gripe is supposed to be a senseless complaint, right? And that sounds senseless enough to me. Well, you'll be sad or happy to know. I'm not sure that I don't have a gripe this week. I had a pretty good week. That's lousy. That's cheap. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's cheating. Well, I had a very busy week, but not a really not a bad week. It doesn't matter. You have to gripe about something. Well, I'm sorry. I have nothing to gripe about. I could gripe about my podcast partner, but what That's good is that going to be? No, I'm not going to do any kind of good. So who else is going to sit here and listen to this fucking histories and birthdays from... I'm looking at dead people. All right. All right. No crap. Good for you. Ha ha. I'm so glad your week was so good. Me too. I well, thank you. you so much. That's bullshit. You're, Sincerity is overwhelming me. Oh, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? We now move on to the end of our show, Thomas. Oh, no. What, you, what plans do you have for the next week or so? Well, I, you know what? I was thinking, why not try to make next week uh-huh. look exactly like this week? Okay. But a week later. And we're going to see how it goes. And how is that supposed to work? I don't know yet. Okay. But it will give us something to talk about next Tuesday night. <laughs> But you have no plans for the next week until we... Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go to class. I'm going to practice. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, Monday, I'm going to come here. This is going to be my week. No, there's nothing unusual coming up. Unusual? Yes. Uh, No. 
No, I'm sorry to no. hear that. So am I. Uh, oh, I may go see my friends in a play next weekend. Oh. Uh, next weekend, but that would be for next week's podcast. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so my next plans are two weeks out. All right, cool. Maybe I'll be going with you. Maybe you will. We will see. Maybe we'll see. Well, I, the only plans we have this week are basically rehearsals, both for uh, the play I'm in, Murder on the Orient Express. The Corpse. And for The Violet Hour, which I'm directing. <laughs> So that's basically all my plans. Keeping you busy. That's me keeping me busy for the next month. Good for you. All All right. right. I'm very happy about that. Anyway, we are now at the end of the show. We want to thank our producer, Stephen Prendergast. Our episodes are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast providers. Uh, We're also, you can track us down at our website, grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. We are also on Facebook, and we are on Twitter. So you can follow us all over the place. Where you can, please post a review of us. Send us some comments. Give us a rating. We would love to hear from all of you. And that is the end of our show. And on that note, I'll say goodnight. Thomas. Bye, See you next week. Thank you.